The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, my friends, so so today what the focus is going to be is on introducing to you mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of physical experience. Uh, This is an an extremely important part of mindfulness, so much so that uh, sometimes I think we should call this practice bodyfulness instead of mindfulness. That a big part of what we're learning to do in Buddhist training and in mindfulness is to become embodied, to be present in the present moment with our physicality, our body, Our body participates in the process of waking up, of being present, of really connecting to the fullness of the present moment. And um, in my training in Buddhism through the the, uh, monasteries in the United States, in Japan, in Thailand, in Burma, uh, whether it's explicit or not, a lot of the training happens through the body. And there's a kind of engagement and an activation or of awareness in the body so the body becomes full, and um, and uh, body becomes uh, very active and uh, in being aware and supporting awareness. One of the advantages of being aware through the body, feeling and sensing how the body is experiencing whatever's going on, is the body is not a story. The body is not an interpretation. It's not a um, uh, does you know. It's not a desire usually. It just kind of, it's, it's quieter, it's more peaceful in a certain kind of way than the mind's kind of activation around things. And so to kind of begin feeling things with the body begins to free us from the over-involvement of our thoughts, our ideas, and our concepts. It also gives us a lot more information about what's going on. The body is a, is a almost like a, I don't know if an antenna or an expression or a manifestation of so much of our psychological, emotional, intentional lives and the way we react and respond to the world around us is all mediated so much through the body that if a heightened awareness to the body gives us so much more information about what's going on within us and around us and makes life more three-dimensional or more active or full. It's a wonderful thing. So one of the principles, um, uh, one of the principles of... um, this mindfulness practice we're teaching, is that uh, we're learning to bring a special kind of awareness, a calm, attentive, non-reactive awareness to whatever is happening in our lives. And we cultivate that capacity through mindfulness of breathing, but we're always ready to leave the breath if something else is more compelling or more predominant. So, uh, so we'll do that slowly over these days, and today the expansion of the instructions will be around the body. And, um, and so what that means is that if a body sensation becomes stronger and more compelling than the breathing, then um, bring your attention to that body sensation. If, um, if you start feeling a tension, like you're trying to stay with the breath, but something else is pulling your attention, there's no need for that tension. As soon as you feel that kind of pull and push and pull kind of, let go of the breathing and, and in a calm way bring your attention to the other thing. So in this situation today, the body sensations themselves. 
It's not uncommon for people who are new to meditation, maybe you're sitting in a meditation posture like cross-legged, that uh, sooner or later the body will be uncomfortable. And, uh, and within reason, as long as you feel some benefit and, and uh, idea that this is a useful exploration, we sit with and meditate with that discomfort. We bring our attention to it, we feel it, and we learn to dis- we slowly learn to discover how to have a non-reactive, non-contracted awareness towards what's uncomfortable, to have kind of an open attention. And as I, I think I said, if we're only free when we're comfortable, we're not really free. So we're also trying to uh, practice with the discomforts, see how can I be present for it in a free way. To do that, it helps to have an understanding of how to bring a nice attention, nice awareness to all body sensations when they are predominant. And also, uh, I want to say that as we learn to bring attention into the body, into the body sensations, it adds a kind of anchor, a kind of stability for mindfulness practice. It's sometimes easier to stay present in the moment if awareness is mediated through the body that's rooted and firm and here in a good way. So mindfulness and the body is very important. So what I'll do now is to do a guided meditation that's a little bit of an exercise on uh, helping you understand um, what I might mean by uh, bringing awareness to different parts of the body, different sensations that go on. And um, so it's an exercise to, to get this idea. And this exercise then can be applied to all kinds of other aspects of our physical experience. So to um, sit upright, and one of the reasons to sit upright is it's a little bit easier uh, to be alert and stay fresh and not become sleepy or be, get a little bit too dull by being too relaxed. Uh, it's a little bit intentional to sit upright and that little bit of intentionality supports mindfulness. But of course, with mindfulness, you always want to have it take a posture that works best for you. And so there's many postures, you know, uh, infinite number of postures to take, um, adjusting and finding what's appropriate for you. The, um, so sitting upright and gently closing your eyes and quietly taking a few long, slow, deep breaths, connecting to your body. Relaxing, settling in. And Gently bring your attention to your right hand. And feel the sensations of your right hand. Feel the tingling, the vibration, the pulsing. 
Feel the sensations of the palm of the hand, the back of the hand, the fingers, There might be sensations of warmth and coolness, sensations that come with the contact of your hand against some other part of your body, pressure and weight. And the sensations of your hand might kind of be flowing or moving around or or just in a natural way, your attention moves around your hand and picks up different sensations at different times. And see if you can let your attention, the way in which you're attending to your hand, not be forceful, but also not be lazy or held back. in an open, relaxed way. Letting your, just feeling the sensations of your hand. Letting, allowing them to be the way they are. And now, with a calm, deliberate way, switch your attention to your left hand and feel the sensations of your left hand in the same way. Kind of like, how does your left hand experience itself? What sensations are appearing that let you know that this is a hand, this is the sensations? And see if you can adjust your attention so that you're willing to be present but without being for or against what's happening. Just allowing the hand to be the hand, allowing those sensations to show themselves and be there. Then, you might move your attention now, calmly and deliberately, to wherever in your body the sensations are strongest. Strongest sensation, it doesn't have to be very strong, but a place of strong sensation, maybe an uncomfortable sensation. To bring it to that part of the body, and then just feel that part of the body the way you felt your hands not only the strong sensations, but whatever sensations exist in that part of your body, allow them to be there. And allow them to show themselves into your awareness, whatever the sensations they are. 
you might notice that they sometimes they shift, they move, they oscillate. Noticing if there's any changes in those sensations. And if they go away, go to the next strongest sensations in your body. And now bring your attention to that part of your body where you usually experience your breathing, where the breathing is most pronounced or easiest to notice. The movements of the chest or the belly, air going in and out through the nostrils. And in the same way that you experienced your hand, allow yourself to experience the sensations of that part of the body where you feel the breathing. And then continuing being mindful of your breathing. But if anything becomes predominant in your body, some strong sensation, be content to leave your breathing and bring your attention to that part of the body and experiment with having a relaxed, open, permissive awareness where you're not making it a problem, but you're just allowing yourself to feel it more fully, perhaps relaxing the reactive mind, relaxing your thoughts to better feel and sense. And when the other sensation has become no longer compelling and you feel ready, you can go back to your breathing.
And if you find yourself thinking, just simply recognize your thinking. No need to make it a problem. Just that, just that when you notice it, begin again with your breathing. But perhaps allowing yourself to feel the physical experience of breathing in a fuller way. Feeling the play of sensations in the body that occur as you're breathing. Resting with those sensations. And if something else in the body becomes predominant, calmly switch your attention and experiment with having a relaxed attention for however long it's useful. And then you can come back and begin again with your breathing. And if it helps you to stay present in your body, you can gently use a mental note in, out for breathing, in, in breath, out for the out breath. And then if you feel a sensation elsewhere in the body, you can label it in the simplest label that's obvious pressure, pulling, tightness, discomfort, pain, softness, tingling, pulsing. And that simple act of recognition, of mental noting, is both a way to be aware of something in a relaxed way, but also to be stabilized there, to really remember, oh, here's where I'll stay and feel this experience, rather than having your thoughts take you away.
and then to end this sitting, you might take a few deeper breaths, feel your body sitting in your chair or cushion. And when you're ready and you hear the bell, you can open your eyes. So one of the ways of understanding what mindfulness is, it's an awareness that is not in conflict with what it knows. And that's not an easy thing to come with when there's discomfort. And so to learn how to be aware of the body and all its different manifestations uh, without being in conflict with it is a little bit difficult thing to do. I um, know for me, when I was beginning my meditation, uh, I had a lot of um, challenges with a lot of physical pain and knees were on fire and a lot of pain. And, and uh, it took me a while to learn how to be with it without being for or against it or uh, feeling self-pity or getting caught up in fear and all kinds of things that made it hard. The old habits I had of reactivity and habits of beliefs of what discomfort meant and I had this idea sometimes that if I was uncomfortable in meditation that I was failing as a meditator like if I was a good meditator I wouldn't be uncomfortable and uh, what I what I eventually learned is that discomfort is part of human life of course it comes with meditation too and it's actually possible to sit and be very peaceful calm and even joyful in meditation and have physical pain at the same time and to separate out our inner emotional life from physical discomfort so the two aren't kind of yoked together or you know, caught in a grip between each other is a great blessing of this kind of practice to be able to respect the body, feel the body fully, but not have it automatically affect our inner emotional life and mental life. The... Um, um, One of the things that gets in the way of this kind of non-conflictive awareness, just being with it, uh, is the commentary and the stories and the ideas, interpretations we have about what's going on. And one of the things we're doing is to learn to see that, that it's operating, this commentary that's operating, and learn to know it's there, but then not see the world through that lens. Uh, Maybe we put it down but if we don't see the commentary, it becomes like the colored glasses through which we see the world. And the example, one example I use for this is uh, mood music uh, in a movie. There might be a beautiful idyllic shot of a path in the woods. It looks, it looks beautiful, like park-like setting. But then uh, the movie has this ominous music that begins. 
and the you, you know the sense of oh fear comes up you know something terrible is about to happen the music then is like the mood that kind of we on top of the scene and uh, so our commentary and our ideas and even kind of our mood sometimes is the lens or the overlaid on top of what's going on and we're not necessarily seeing what's there uh, not reacting to what's there we're reacting to the mood music or the commentary we have inside and to be able to distinguish that is a very important thing so uh, a story I've always te- always been telling at this when I do intro to meditation class is this wonderful lesson that I received many many years ago, where I was teaching a meditation retreat with um, some fellow teachers, and um, it was uh, uh, teachers from here in California, and some of them loved watching American football, and it was the local team was doing very well, so it was they were very keen on watching it. So uh, I got, uh, went along and watched, uh, during the breaks in the retreat, we would go to the teacher lounge and, and watch these games. And, um, and uh, it was on, on TV and back then, and we had a mute for the TV. And uh, one of the teachers, the mindfulness teacher, uh, when the uh, advertisements came on, pushed the mute button. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And... Uh, so, you know, we talked then, it was nice. And then when the game came on again, the teacher who had the mute did not unmute the TV. And since he was, and we, we were watching the game, and since he was a mindfulness teacher, I thought, well, he knows what he's doing. So I didn't say, you know, turn on the sound. I became very interested in what it was like to watch the game without the sound. I didn't know a lot about American football, but I could kind of follow the game a little bit, and it was kind of matter of fact that the ball was moving down the field, and and that was nice. And then at some point, the, the teacher did unmute the sound. And then I was struck by how radically different the experience was of watching the game. Rather than being kind of matter-of-fact, but just watching this game happen, um, the big change was the commentary and the noise of the fans and the enthusiasm of the commentator, the sportscaster, that really gave kind of like emotional juice, emotional energy to the whole thing. And I could feel myself, my whole relationship to the game shift and change as I got ride, riding along on the emotional energy of excitement that was coming with, from the commentator. Uh, sometimes speaking breathlessly when there's something exciting happening. And I saw the difference between seeing the game without the commentary and with the commentary. So the same thing with us, that we can, um, there's a big difference between uh, seeing an experience, experience of our body, our discomfort, our breathing, experiences in the world, with our commentary and without the commentary that we have in the mind. Our commentary can tell dire stories of danger. Our commentary can uh, tell great stories of promise and delusions of grandeur, where this is going all kinds of things we can say, and that colors our experience of what is actually going on. What mindfulness is trying to do is find a way to be attentive to what's happening without the filter of that commentary, without the filter of the bias, the prejudice, without the filter of the mood that we have that we sometimes overlay on top of it. And you just see something in the simplicity of itself. Now, uh, with the body, for example, 
this is a, can be a very interesting thing. Uh, I think a lot of people have parts of their body that they're not particularly happy with. It's too small, it's too big, it's too long, it's too short, it's too this, it's too that. And, uh, and uh, uh, that's the commentary, that's the, what the overlay on top of it. And it can affect our moods big time, uh, these kinds of things. And, um, and so there's a whole, so like for example, if someone feels their hand is too small or too big or something, or just their hand is something, you know, they feel like is not quite, you know, right or something. Um, they could feel very bad about their hands. They'll hide their hands from other people, don't want to show it, uh, feel embarrassed by it, or all kinds of attitudes about the hand. But if you close your eyes and just feel the sensations of the hand in and of itself, so unless you have some kind of injury in your hand, uh, then the sensations of the hand, the hand by itself, has no problems. It's just a, it's just a sensation, it's just a hand. The experience, the eyes closed and not remembering the, what the hand looks like and the ideas of what the hand is like, but just the experience of hand is much more peaceful. The hand in and of itself might be peaceful. Where the agitation comes is with the ideas, the judgments, the fears that come in with our, what we think is the thing. So to separate out the commentary, the mood music, from the actual experience of the body in and of itself is a radical act. And it begins often shifting our relationship to not only ourselves, but also to our life itself. Because we're starting to learn to see more clearly what is going on. To see the body, to see what's happening. Um, the um, So to... Um, so there are comfortable sensations in the body that arise. Sometimes there's uh, blissful sensations that bubble up in the body. And sometimes, especially for beginners, uncomfortable sensations that come up in the body. And the idea is to not have preferences for one or the other because awareness by itself has no preferences. Awareness by itself just knows what's happening, just is present for what's happening, just like this just like this. And then as I said in the guided meditation, that one of the ways of, um, of um, supporting this mindfulness practice is to use the mental noting, to recognize a little more acutely uh, within, with a word, um, you know, itching, tightness, ache, warmth, coldness. And, th- and that mental note is really a, a very soft, gentle whisper. It's like almost like we're not doing it at all, but it's just enough to keep us on track so we don't get pulled into thoughts very easily, but also to keep us there. It's kind of a little bit of an anchor. Stay there, stay there so you can feel it. Feel it better. Feel it more fully. If you start getting tired of feeling a sensation in your body, then come back to your breathing. For people who find breathing a difficult object for meditation, uh, what I'm teaching now about the body uh, gives you an alternative. And that is to use the body as the anchor. To go and feel the strongest sensation in your body and feel it for a while until that's enough. 
And then let, allow your mind just move into another parts of the body, in other parts of the body. It could be a relaxed roaming around, just touching into the body. It could just be intentionally going to the strongest sensation and being there and then going to the next strongest. Um, but the body becomes the anchor rather than the breathing. Um, and the idea is to have an anchor or to have what I call is a home base. If the breathing is the home base, then uh, when things happen outside the home, we go and investigate and then we come home. So if it's strong sensations in the body, we go out and see it and know it for what it is and then we come back. Then something else happens and we go out and then we come back. And the anchor to the present moment is keeps being the, br- the breathing or keeps being the body. Um, so with that, I thought we could do another short meditation, maybe 10 minutes or so. So um, if uh, once again, you can take a posture that you think will help you be more present for your body to really kind of inhabit your body, feel your body, experience it more fully. So take a posture that uh, maybe connects you with your body more, maybe sitting up straighter. And then as a way of really connecting with your body more, you can take a few fuller breaths to feel the rib cage expand and stretch your torso and feel the relaxing, contracting as you exhale. And then let your breathing return to normal. And with your eyes closed For a few moments, allow yourself to feel your whole body in the way that you felt your right hand in the exercise. Feel the sensations of your body in whatever way they appear, wherever they appear. And if uh, some of the sensations of your body are more predominant or more compelling, maybe settle your attention there for a bit. Using a mental note to stay with it. Seeing if you can feel your body from the inside. So not so much like you're watching it from the control tower more like you're sensing and feeling how the body's experiencing itself. And as you do so, is there commentary? Is there a mood, mood music that might be influencing how you experience your body?
And if there is, see if you can put that aside just enough so you can have a more direct experience of the body. In feeling the body and how it experiences itself. Perhaps your attention roams around your body, helping the different parts of the body become awake, a greater awareness. Some parts of your body have more sensation than others. Some maybe are even offline. That's okay. Then you might, for the next few couple of minutes, settle your attention on the sensations of breathing. The sensations of breathing is part of your body. And perhaps let that part of your body be at the center of all things, experiencing feeling the body.
putting aside your commentary ideas and preferences to feel where is the body most alive? What are the sensations and experience like that the body has in that place of aliveness or vitality? And what's it like to have a quiet awareness of that? An awareness that does not for or against. Just aware, allowing it to be the way it is. And then taking a few long, deep breaths to end the sitting. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Many things qualify as the commentary that we overlay on top of our experience. Boredom is one of them. Boredom does not live in anything in particular. Boredom is an activity of the mind that's overlaid on what's happening. We often think that things are boring, but nothing is boring. That's a judgment of the mind. We might <clears throat> overlay ideas of um, success and failure, or what's going well and what's not going well, and all kinds of ideas that we keep adding. Some of those ideas can seem second nature, like, you know, like we don't even know we're doing it. <clears throat> As we begin to become quieter in meditation, we start seeing even the subtle, habitual kind of commentary that we have. And it's quite powerful to keep getting quieter and quieter and start seeing some of the deeper operating systems of thoughts, ideas, stories, commentary that's always kind of there, the background or shaping or influencing how we see things and how we experience ourselves. And it's a gift we give ourselves to be able to experience ourselves physically in our body without much commentary without much judgment, without boredom, without it needing to be different, without feeling, without feeling somehow we're off or wrong or we're not doing it well. In mindfulness practice, the idea of not doing it well is not really useful. It's, the question always is, how am I experiencing this? What's the experience now of this? 
how is it now? And if we can do that without the commentary, or at least have a gap between the commentary and the experience. We can't stop the commentary always, but we can see the commentary is not the experience. The thoughts, the stories we're making up, the predictions we have is not the physical embodied experience we're having of the moment. And to have a gap between them or a pause between them so that they're not you know, caught in each other, it's really good. So part of what the mindfulness does, <clears throat> it starts giving us breathing room. It starts giving a little bit of space for our experiences to be itself without our involvement and interference with it. And um, over time, hopefully you'll begin to discover what a gift this is to yourself and to the world to not be always fixing, interfering, making better, avoiding, but to really just learn to offer a kind, open presence that allows something to be itself. To train ourselves to do that with what's happening in the body is a really useful training. To take the experiences, the sensations of the body as they become strong and compelling and learn how to have a non-interfering awareness. Make space for them. The idea that I like is that we're giving it permission to be there as it is. Now the value of this is that as as mindfulness awareness gives room to things, gives space for it to be itself, then it allows that itselfness, that thing that it is, whatever it is, to begin to unfold, to shift and to move. And most things inside will begin to change and shift on their own. There is a momentum towards change in a good way that begins to happen and unfold when we give breathing room, give space and time for things to be as they are. Very few things stay fixed. Most things start to shift and change. And we don't have to be the one who's changing it. We have to one, in mindfulness, we're the one who makes space for the interchange to happen. And we'll say more about this as we go along. So, um, uh, tomorrow, uh, in the tomorrow's uh, teaching, I'll talk about mindfulness of emotions. And you'll see when we start talking about the emotions that the body has a very important role to help create, support us to be mindful in a wise way with emotions. That one of the reasons we're cultivating the strong capacity to be in the body, sense the body, is so that we can be present for our emotional life in a valuable and important, useful way. So that's a topic for tomorrow. But in the meantime, if you have some chance, I I hope that you're able to meditate for 20 minutes between now and the next class. Um, And maybe do a meditation, just keep it to just being with your breathing. And then if there's compelling sensations in the body, uh, practice mindfulness there until you feel like it's time to go back to your breathing. Um, And also in your daily life, as you go about it, maybe there's ways that... um, you can um, uh, tune into your body more often. Maybe doing simple house jobs, house tasks, if you're doing them. What happens if you do them, uh, not in the stories and thinking and planning, but really feel it physically, like you're almost like like a dancer being in the body, feeling and sensing the dishes and the broom sweeping or whatever you're doing. 
Really stay, feel, discover what's going on in the body. Uh, be curious in this next 24 hours to what's like when you tune into your body over and over again. What do you learn? What do you see? And can you learn to feel the body with the generosity of just of a, of a, of a non-conflictive awareness, mindfulness? So thank you for being part of this. And um, I'm sorry about the sound at the beginning. And I delighted in having this exchange where I saw this, started seeing the notes, the chats that said no sound. And, and, um, and why I like this is that um, this is how I know it's interactive. So I feel like I'm you know, connected to all of you and not just talking to, in an empty room to myself. And uh, I, re- I really value that little exchange and for the look that, that we had. So thank you. And, um, and I will see you tomorrow for... I'll see your names and some of you and and I look forward to this opportunity tomorrow as well. Thank you. <laughs>